Growing up, our kids were always pretty good uh, travelers. They'd occupy themselves. They wouldn't get too fussy. Uh, but I still have a clear memory of one Saturday uh, way back when Claire was three, uh, which means Nick was nothing. Uh, well, he was, he was, you know, newborn. Uh, we lived in Junction City, Kansas, which meant that a trip to the mall was one hour, either that way down the highway or that way down the highway, and that was just what it was. And so uh, we decided that we just had to go to the mall that day, and so we strapped the kids into the car seats and backed out of the driveway in our little silver minivan that looked like a dustbuster without a handle. You know those? Yeah, don't get one of those. Um, we pulled around the corner, uh, headed down to uh, the bottom of the hill to the stop, light, or stop sign to turn to start to meander over to get to the highway and head to the mall. And I remember as we pulled up to slow down to stop at that stop sign, I heard the words that every parent loves to hear, are we there yet? We had literally gone a block and a half, a block and a half of an hour-long trip. Are we there yet? I think that we're all born with a natural tendency toward impatience. Uh, and yet, that's right where this list in 1 Corinthians 13 starts off when it's describing love, and it says, love is patient. First off, we need to realize as we look at the list that this is God's kind of love. Right? This is the way that God loves. In fact, the Bible says that God doesn't just uh, do an act of love. God is love. So actually, we could look at this list, and everywhere that it's, it says love or refers to love, we could put God in there. So we could say God is patient, and God is kind, and he does not envy, and he does not boast, and he is not proud, and, and God does not dishonor others, or is, uh, and he's not self-seeking, and he's not easily angered, and he doesn't keep a record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but he rejoices with the truth. He always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. It, it works that way. God is love. So anywhere that, uh, that, that, that love is in there, then we can, we can insert his name. I'd like, like us to take us even one step further today because if that's what God is like, and we're in the process of developing character traits that, uh, uh, that, that, that match the character of God, all of the Christian virtues that we're striving for are rooted in who God is and what his character is. So then I have the question, can you insert your name in there? Pete is patient. Well, we could stop right there, the first one, right? No. I, if we think through that, can you put your name in there and does that apply to you? I'm guessing that we all probably have a little bit of work to do. The great thing is that, uh, that as God becomes more and more at home in our hearts and we grow in our relationship with him, it's his character that is formed by his spirit within us and develops this kind of love in us. But I'm not saying that it's easy, and we're starting off with a doozy. I'm just saying right at the outset, we're starting off, we're getting, getting uh, diving right in. Love is patient. Mac McCleary once said, patience is something you admire in the driver behind you and scorn in the one ahead. It seems like speed is one of the core values of modern society. Uh, whether we're talking FedEx or food or work deadlines or Wi-Fi or travel times or cook times, we always seem to think that faster is better, almost all. Uh, 
Several years ago, a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip uh, pictured uh, Calvin's father sitting at a computer. And, and, and he's saying this to whoever's going to listen. It used to be that if a client wanted something done in a week, it was considered a rush job and he'd be lucky to get it. I can picture my dad seeing this, saying this. Uh, but now, with modems and faxes and car phones, everybody wants everything instantly. And about that time, Calvin is walking by in the background with a uh, microwave dinner, reading the instructions, and he says, it takes six minutes to microwave this? Who's got that kind of time? Speed seems to be a, uh, a value of modern society. Someone once asked the question, how can a society that exists on instant mashed potatoes, packaged cake mixes, frozen dinners, and instant cameras teach patience to its young? That was before iPhones. Uh, patience shows up a lot in Scripture. It doesn't necessarily come naturally. It's, it's, it, patience is, is part of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, there's that whole list that, that if the Spirit is moving and working in us, then, then, uh, then we develop the fruit of the Spirit. And it's one of those uh, big nine that, that are d- developed in our lives, uh, patience. Uh, in, in Colossians chapter 3, there's a list of character traits that we're supposed to clothe ourselves in, and patience is right there in that list. Uh, um, uh, Paul in, uh, lists patience as one of the virtues that he and his companions had as they were ministering to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, God is many times described as patient. Uh, People are commended for having patience in their lives uh, and in their relationships throughout Scripture. Uh, The the word for patience here in in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the Greek word literally means long feeling or long passion or uh, long suffering. Uh, Patience means to suffer long. Maybe to say it this way, to put up with pain or irritation over a period of time. So that sounds fun, right? Let's do that. Put up with pain and irritation for a long time. That sounds like a great idea, right? Well, well, that's exactly what we do when we love like God loves. I don't know if you've heard the story. uh, One day in the middle of winter, a a teacher uh, was helping one of her kindergarten students put on his boots. And uh, he asked for help, and so uh, with much pushing and pulling and prying and, and all sorts of things over many minutes, uh, the boots were finally on the boy's feet. The teacher had worked up quite a sweat and almost whimpered when the boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. And she looked down, and sure enough, they were. And uh, it wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. And But she managed to keep her cool and keep it together. And they worked together to get those boots back on, this time on the right feet. And then he said, you know, teacher, these aren't my boots. She bit her tongue. And uh, uh, instead of getting in his face and screaming like maybe she felt like doing, uh, and and once again she struggled to help them get help him get the boots off. And once they were off, the boy continued with his story, and he said, "Yeah, they're not my boots. They're my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them today." <laughs> the teacher didn't know if she should laugh or cry, and but she mustered up the grace and the courage that she had left, and she wrestled those boots back on his feet again, and that it was then that she asked, all right, now where are your mittens? And he said, I put them in my boots. <laughs> Love suffers long. 
Uh, in Ephesians, uh, uh, patient love is unpacked a little bit more. Ephesians 4.2, it, it says it this way, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So because we love each other, we're going to make allowance for each other's faults. We all have faults. That's kind of included in that passage. It's going to happen uh, that there are times when people will let you down or there will be irritations and, and pain and heartache and difficulty. If we're going to love someone, though, at some point, we will have to deal with those faults. Love requires patience, making allowance for each other's faults. Uh, the, the, the whole issue of time, I think, is significant as we think about patience. Uh, there, there, it's, and it's not just this issue of I've got to put up with this for a while. But there's an element here, uh, in, in talking about love is patient, is that there's a commitment. That it's a, it's a steadfastness. God's love is described over and over again in Scripture as steadfast love. Uh, we're... God's love is steadfast. That is lacking many times in our human relationships. When Paul wrote that love is patient, he's saying that, that love lasts, that it's long-term, that it's committed. In fact, in the, in the message paraphrase of, uh, of the Bible, it reads, instead of saying love is patience, in this list it says, love never gives up. Even if it's painful or irritating, love says I'm sticking it out because I love you. Okay, well, that sounds great. We could pray and go home, uh, except we need to, I think, look a little bit deeper into this uh, because what's the big deal if I'm a little impatient sometimes, right? What's, uh, what's, what's the problem with impatience? I think there's, uh, there's a whole lot of things, but uh, we'll, we'll look at four of them today. The, the first one is that you cause damage to yourself. When you're impatient, there are physical and emotional issues uh, that, uh, that are caused by anxiety and stress that can come from impatience. When we get worked up, we get stressed out, and it can cause problems for us. One study a little while ago found that patient people were less likely to report health problems like headaches and acne and ulcers, and can we say the word diarrhea in church? I just did. And pneumonia and uh, uh, Impatient people reported all those things. Uh, they, they also reported lower amounts and lower quality of sleep. Impatience increases blood pressure, brings out the release of stress-related hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, uh, and it increases the risk of heart disease. And the emotional distress coming from impatience can bring anxiety, depression, and more. I mean, that's not Bible. I'm not going to give you a verse. That's, it's just how life works. Uh, there are natural side effects for not loving like God loves. Love is patient. God loves us patiently. If I'm impatient, it can cause real damage to myself. It can also cause damage to others. Impatient uh, can result in lashing out at other people. It damages relationships, right? It, it tears people down. It, it causes distress. We always notice the impatient people. The guy honking his horn is the one that we're going to notice and, and not in a good way. The one complaining in a long line. There's actually physical injury that's caused uh, by impatience. Just one example, uh, USA Today uh, a while back reported that running red lights injures more than 250,000 people a year and it kills over 800 people a year. 
running a red light. So the costs accumulated, uh, just running red lights is an estimated $7 billion a year in property damage, medical bills, loss of productivity, and insurance hikes. All, all of those things uh, so that we can save anywhere from 60 to 90 seconds waiting for the light to turn green. Bringing that into our relationships as we think about love being patient Uh, We see that uh, impatience in relationships causes rifts between spouses, between parents and children, between siblings, between friends. Impatience causes damage to others. Love is patient. I think impatience also uh, makes us settle for less than. Uh, this, this can be seen in, uh, in shoddy workmanship. Uh, we just rush through a job or, or cutting corners or, or not getting the whole story. We don't wait and listen because we get impatient. Or, or going into debt, we, uh, we get impatient to wait and save up. And so we, we, uh, we settle for less than. We, our unhealthy, unhealthy eating habits uh, surface shallow relationships because we're, just, we're impatient in those relationships. Patience helps avoid all of those things. Uh, William Cobbett once wrote, it is by attempting to reach the top in a single leap that so much misery is produced in the world. We, we shouldn't settle for less. Love is patient. And we need to recognize that this is a spiritual issue. Uh, as we've already seen, uh, patience is produced by the Holy Spirit. So if there's a lack of patience in your relationships, it means that you are limiting the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. But if you can see patience growing in your life, that means that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to move. It's not just, it's my personality, I just have a short fuse. Well, get over it, deal with it. You let the Holy Spirit take that because God's love is patient. It's a spiritual issue. So those are some of the problems, why impa- what makes impatience a, a, a problem. Uh, but, but where does all that impatience come from? Uh, uh, why is it so hard for so many of us to develop this character trait? Uh, there's several, several places. Again, a few of them this morning. The first place is pride. Impatience comes from selfishness and pride. An overinflated view of ourselves can result in impatience. Because when you're impatient, you're really saying, I'm more important than you are. My time frame is more important than yours. My opinion is more important than yours. Uh, my whatever is more important, and I deserve to get ahead of you. Think about the relationships that you have and, and the times when you've gotten impatient. Could it be that you thought that your way was best and the other person wasn't coming around to it, and so you just kind of wrote them off and, and moved on. Margaret Thatcher was once quoted saying, I am, an extraordin- I am extraordinarily patient provided I get my own way in the end, she says. Self-centered pride results in lack of patience with others. So if you find yourself being impatient, I think one of the first places we need to go to is, am I dealing with an issue of pride? Do I think I'm more important than the people around? Another thing is overload. We get overloaded. A while back, um, I, uh, I preached a, a series uh, based on the book called Margin uh, years ago. But, uh, but, but it, it was, it's all about how we need, uh, like margin on a page, we've got space around the page so that, uh, so that we can read what's there. We need space uh, in our lives. Many times, uh, many times, if we would put our lives translated onto a sheet of paper, it would be uh, top to bottom, left to right, no space whatsoever, no white space or margin left. 
And so if that's how we're living, and then one unexpected thing happens, then everything goes crazy, right? And it, it usually comes out of impatience and anger and frustration. When we're, when we're so overloaded, we don't have the emotional reserves to deal with the problems. So uh, we succumb to our overloaded, fast-paced culture, uh, which is at odds with God's kind of love, which is patience. Expectations, I think, are a key component here. When, when we expect one thing and something less than that uh, happens, then we get disappointed, we get irritated, we get frustrated, we get impatient. Expecting someone at a certain time, expecting a certain response, expecting competence on a task, and it, they don't, it doesn't measure up, we get impatient with others when they don't live up to our expectations. Have you ever been let down, feel like you've been let down because your expectations with God were here? And it seemed like he wasn't meeting your expectations. Have you ever been impatient with God? You expected him to do one thing. You expected him to come through and, and he hasn't come through. It's been different than what you thought or what you wanted or what you expected. And so you're impatient with God. God, you could do this in a second. Why don't you? Uh, and, and we get impatient. with. I've found that God typically moves slower than I want him to. But trusting him just might be the first step toward developing patience in our relationships, especially in our relationship with God, trusting God. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. It wasn't, I snapped my fingers and God was right there saying, what can I do for you? No, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. It's relational. It's, it's, not, it's not anything but that. We, we, it's, uh, if you're not seeing much patience in your relationships, could be coming from one of those areas. Well, that's the problem with, with impatience, and that may be where it's coming from, but what do we do? How do we develop patience? Uh, uh, how, do we, how do we do that? Well, I, I said it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The first thing we need to do is that we need to remain in our relationship with God. I use that, that uh, word because it comes straight from John chapter 15, where Jesus is talking about that he's the vine and we're the branches, and we need to remain connected to him. Remain in me as, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the song, right? Yeah, Um, we'll sing that later, maybe. Um, if, If that's the fruit of the Spirit, it's only developed as we're connected to the vine that's rooted in God, and and God is tending the garden, and and, and, uh, if there's no root... There's no fruit. If we're not connected to God, if we're not spending time with him, it only happens, we we can only develop the character of God if we're connected with, if we're maintaining a close, growing relationship with him. We submit to God, we submit to his plans for our lives. As we walk daily with him, as we grow closer to him, we become more patient and we trust that he's working things out for our good, even if it's taking a while. And so we suffer long sometimes, but love is patient. In our uh, uh, 
group on Sunday mornings, we've uh, had just a couple of sessions now on the spiritual disciplines, and today we talked about prayer, and we'll talk about fasting next week, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, studying scripture, and some of the other disciplines, that all of these things uh, we, we put into our lives so that we can remain in our relationship with God. That next one uh, plays right in here because it's prayer, and that is one of the ways that, that we remain. It, I mean, that's a good church answer, right? What, what do we... Well, Pastor, you got to pray. Yeah, okay. Um, and and we talk about prayer, but it really is <laughs> prayer. Uh, it, it it does work. Prayer is one primary way that we remain close to God, and and it's how we can deal with the circumstances that could derail us into impatience. We worry and we fret and we wring our hands and we we wonder and we we shake our fist and all these things, and then and it yet. Scripture tells us the first thing we should be doing is praying about it. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Are you praying or are you worrying? It's hard to be grouchy about something that you're praying about. If you've submitted it to God, it's hard to get all irritated about it. Trust God with the things that make you impatient. The next one is that we just need to wait sometimes. We just need to wait there was a, a, a man who noticed a woman uh, in the grocery store with a rambunctious uh, three or four-year-old uh, girl in the, in the cart. And uh, as, as the mother and, and her daughter passed them, uh, they were, passed this man, uh, they were kind of going past the cookie section. And the, uh, the girl asked for cookies and the mother told her no. And, and the girl went crazy and pitched a fit. And there was all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, screaming and crying and all sorts of things. And, and, and the mother just patiently said, now, Missy, we just have half the aisles left to go through don't get upset it won't take long and in the candy aisle the man ran uh, across this uh, this couple again and uh, the girl was kicking and screaming asking for candy and the mother said they're there missy don't cry only two more aisles to go and when they got to the checkout lane the girl of course you got the gum and the candy and all sorts of stuff to grab as you're going up there and she wanted it all and her mother said no and 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 he, uh, this man uh, who was just the next aisle over checking out uh, heard her say uh, now missy will be through this this checkout lane in five minutes and then you can go home and have a snack in a nap and the man then as they both checked out the man just happened to be right behind them as they headed to their cars and um, and he decided to stop and talk with this woman and compliment her and he said I couldn't help but notice how patient you were with little missy there and the mother sighed and said oh oh no my my little girl's name is Francine I'm missy snack and a nap just a minute get home for a snack and a nap now, I'm not saying that we need to give ourselves a time out, um, but, but sometimes just waiting is, uh, is key. And I'm not just waiting, but, but waiting, taking a step back and getting a, a bigger perspective on what's going on. Uh, Proverbs 14, 29, those who control their anger have great understanding. One who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 19, 11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Impatience is usually a knee-jerk reaction and right away and what's going on and I'm going to jump in and I'm going to, yeah, and, and that's not right. And, we, and, and many times uh, we would do well to step back and to have great understanding and great wisdom and, and what's really taking place here. And, and it could be as simple as take a nap and, and get back on track or, or it could be that we need to take some time and, and wait. And if we do that, we can avoid impatience. Pastor Rick Warren says that impatience says more about you than the other person. 
It's not about what they did, but it's about how you're handling it. So we can wait and reflect and we can control ourselves and be wise and have great understanding. This last one uh, it goes right into that, and that is that we need to practice. Practice patience. I mean, this is true with most anything. If, if you're going to grow in a certain area of your life, you, you have to put yourself in a place where you can practice it over and over again. I mean, it's true in sports. It's true in music. It's true in a hobby that you might take up. It's even, it's even true in your job. The more you do something, uh, the, the better you're going to be at it. The guy who stays after practice shooting free throws will be better at it. The, the, the girl that practices her flute for two hours a day is going to be better than the one who leaves the flute in her case all week. If you need surgery... One of the first questions you should probably ask the surgeon is, have you done this before, right? It's probably a good, good question to ask. Why? Because we want them to have experience, to have practice. They do call it practicing medicine, which maybe kind of, I don't know, disturbs me a little bit because they're just practicing. But anyway, um, this is why we hate to pray for patience. It's, everybody says, oh, don't pray for patience. Why? Because when we pray for patience, God doesn't just zap you full of patience. He's going to give you situations where you can practice patience. Ugh. But that's how we develop patience. (laughs) It's not just, boom, you're a more patient person. It's, boom, here's a chance for you to practice and get a little better at this. And again, and again, and again, and again. When we practice patience, it grows in us and we become people who love patience patiently so maybe sometimes you should choose the longer line on purpose or you should stay behind that slow car you should bite your tongue with your kids you should you should pray for the holy spirit to bring a boatload of chances this week to practice patience and you're saying pastor don't pray that for me i'm doing it i'm praying it you can't stop me because those things are there to help you grow Perseverance, James 1.4 says, perseverance must finish its work so that you will be mature and complete. You can do this. Love is patient, seems daunting and overwhelming. You can do this, but only with God's help, with the Holy Spirit working through you. It's hard. People are irritating. Life is short. We want to get things done, but love is patient. Love never gives So spend the time, be committed, let the Holy Spirit develop this patience in your relationships over the long haul. There there are 16 characteristics on this list. Love is and all those things. We're going to look at them all uh, over the next few weeks. I think patience is number one for a reason. (laughs) Let's just get out of the way first, right? No, uh, because I think it's at the root of a lot of the other ones. If If we can allow the Holy Spirit to make our love and our relationships patient, it will help us deal with a lot of the other things on this list. Will you stand with me? Let's, um, let's pray together. And I'm praying for patience. And you can't stop me. Father God, we do desire your kind of love in our lives. And you said the first thing on the list is that love is patient. Lord, that means we're going to have to put up with stuff in this, in this world. We know that. I pray that you'll help us to do it with grace, with patience, with your kind of love that you will flow through us and that it will be evident that it's your Holy Spirit coming through us in the relationships that we have. Lord, we, we love you. We pray that you'll help us to not only be patient with the people around us, but that you'll help us to be patient in watching you move and work in our lives as well. We commit ourselves to you 100%. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen.